0: Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning, this is Terry. And we have a very interesting show for you today. We're going to take you around to a state park. We're going to talk about some activities at state parks. Um, we're going to talk some fishing with the guys at Tightline and with Ronnie Castiglione uh, later on in the show. But we're also going to have the director of Colorado Parks and Wildlife on in the second, uh, second hour for about a half an hour. We're going to talk about what lies ahead now that the um, funding bill was defeated in committee on the Senate side. I Also, I reached out to all five senators on that committee to find out what the reason was, if there was a flaw in the bill, if they thought Parks and Wildlife didn't need the money, or if they were just anti-outdoors. And I only got an answer from one, and I'll tell you that later on when the director comes on. None of the rest would even respond to me. So we're going to cover that today, and then I think I'm going to cover it in my column in the, post, uh, in the post later this week. By the way, speaking of my column, we link to it on our Facebook page, and uh, you should follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And that takes you every time we post a new show on YouTube, every time we do my Denver uh, Post column, it's up there. We get the phishing reports up there. We also um, we're, gonna, we're, we're returned our Ask the Expert, and there's information on that up there. And speaking of Ask the Expert, the Ask the Expert segment is back, and here's how it works. What we do is you go You send an email to me at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Gmail with your question. And the the instructions for this are on the Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Just reposted it so it's right at the top of the page this morning. If we choose to answer your question on the air, you get a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse just for sending it in. Let me tell you, folks, these questions are important to me because first of all, we get you as the listener involved in the show. We can kind of personally answer a question every week, but also if we get five or six or seven questions on the similar topic, I know we need to do more programming about that. So it really helps us and it really gives us good input. So go to the uh, just send your questions. Go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom from Outdoors. Read the instructions. Get your questions in. Now we're going to start our question for the week, and we're going to uh, the question today is. Uh, it's from Kevin in Henderson, Colorado. And he said, I'm in the market for a new rangefinder. I currently have a Leopold RX that's about eight to 10 years old. What's new and improved? I sure like the Vortex products. Thanks, Kevin. Joining us on the air from Sportsman's Warehouse to answer this question is Gene Baker. Good morning, Gene. Morning, Terry. how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on to answer this question. And, you know, optics are always interesting questions because there's such a mix of understanding out there, isn't there?
1: Oh, there's a lot of different options out there for them.
0: And I think people sometimes aren't sure. Before we even get into his question, if I'm looking for a rangefinder from, if I come into Sportsman's Warehouse, what kind of price options are you going to offer? And what kind of a features should I look for?
1: Well, we've got a wide variety of options out there. Um, it really depends on what you're looking to do. Our cheapest option is going to be right around the $170 price range, but we got some that go upwards towards around 800 so a good mix in there.
0: And what are some of the things, I mean, different people are going to be using them in different situations. What are some of the key features? Is it the glass, the coatings, the range, accuracy? What What are some of the differences, and do you, can you get all of them in one, or do you need to kind of look for what you need?
1: So a couple of different options that you'll have are just a regular range by stick technology in there. Um, there's even some out there that will read the temperature at where you're ranging. Uh, A lot of the price difference will be based on the glass coatings and the uh, range that you can get out to. So some get out past 2,000 yards, whereas some can only get up to 500 yards.
0: Now, some people are going, why do I need 2,000 yards? Well, you're obviously not going to shoot at 2,000 yards, but you might see that animal 1,000 yards away, and you have to make a decision whether you're going to try to approach it, right?
1: Exactly. That's the main idea towards it.
0: Now, I've also, I, I've, uh, I have a rangefinder, but I don't use it very much anymore because I don't do a lot of hunting anymore. I used to hunt a lot, do more fishing, but uh, I, I love my rangefinder and, and, and I love spotting scopes and I love those because you can see out in those kind of things. But uh, I think that people come in and they, one of the first things that I think is a mistake with any optics, whether it's a rangefinder, a scope, or binoculars, is that they look through them in the store. It's very difficult to understand how well, how good the optics are, isn't it?
1: it that's exactly it. You're looking in artificial light, whereas we actually allow you to take it outside and you can see it in natural lighting. It's best if you come right at sunset because you can actually see if the glass is drawing in more light than there actually is.
0: So you can get ones, you can, and you can get ones that don't bring the light in very well, and you're going to be frustrated because most of your shooting is early and late in the day, right? Exactly. So take us through some of the models and some of the features you like and what you have there at Sportsman's Warehouse.
1: Okay, so uh, a very base one that I listed at $170. It's going to be the Nikon Acum, a great range for the price. Uh, it's got a range to 500 yards that's going to be on a reflective target it gets about 250 yards on a elk or deer but it's a good good one just to get beginning it doesn't have incline decline technology so i would not suggest it to most archers out there but again it's a nice one to start out uh if we were looking at ones for for archery i'd probably go with a nikon pro staff 7i so that one's got the incline decline technology, so it the, it changes your distance based on what your angle is at. Uh, so it's going to actually allow you to get a more precise shot. That guy is going to run three hundred dollars in store. It's got a thirteen hundred yard range, and then you can get up to the Leopold twelve thousand i TBR slash W. That guy is awesome for everything. The TBR stands for True Ballistic Range. You can actually set it to give you uh, ballistic readings for either MOA, your hold, MILRAD, or bass, which is your horizontal compensation. And it'll actually give you a wind reading where you're shooting. It won't give you the one that's currently where you're at, so... If you have a little difference there, you still can adjust your windage to get a precise
0: shot. And now he asked about the Vortex also, and a lot of people like those, and the Leopold's are great. What, what do you think about the Vortex?
1: The Vortex are also awesome. So we carry the 1,000 and the 1,500 Ranger. Uh The only difference between those two is going to be the ranging distance. So obviously the 1,000 can get up to 1,000 yards and the 1,500 can get up to 1,500 yards. Those have a HCD uh, ballistic thing in there. So that's just horizontal compensation distance. So those will be great for archers as well. Um, Vortex obviously has a lifetime warranty where you can run it over with a truck and also replace it for you.
0: So if you were looking at some of the upper ends like Vortex and Leopold, are there any are they any market differences like is one better optics, is one better features, or are they both pretty good and you just kind of personal preference?
1: It's mostly going to be personal preference. Uh, everybody's eyes are different, so what appears great to me could look good to you but not great. So I really suggest everybody doing research online, seeing what features they would like, and then looking at those rangefinders. then coming into the store, taking them outside, seeing how they look in actual natural lighting, see how the ranging works, all the modes work, and all that fun stuff.
0: And they could stop by the Thornton store and talk to you, too, because you're very knowledgeable on this, and that's the store you're in, the one right off of I-25 there, right?
1: That is correct. And we also have our Sheridan location, which is off 285 in Santa Fe. And then if you're farther out, we have our Loveland store and our Colorado Springs store and Grand Junction as well. We're actually getting ready to open up a store in Pueblo as
0: well. All right. So any locations and there'll be people that are knowledgeable about the rangefinders in all those locations, right?
1: Yes, sir. Everybody in our store seems to be pretty knowledgeable. I've actually worked at the Sheridan, Thornton, and Colorado Springs store. All three of these stores have great crews and absolutely phenomenal people that are very knowledgeable about their product.
0: Last question Which rangefinder do you like the best?
1: Me personally, I like the Leopold 12000i with the TBR because, like I said, you can use it for anything, you can use it for precise shooting use it for archery. It's nice, lightweight. It's got a red LED in there so you can actually see it when it's dark out. So that's the one I suggest, but like I said, everybody else is different.
0: Hey, Gene, thank you so much for being our expert today and joining us on the Ask the Expert segment.
1: Hey, Terry, it's not a problem. You take care.
0: All right. That's Gene Baker from the Thornton Sportsman's Warehouse. For sending that question in, Kevin from Henderson is going, to be, is going to get a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse. You can join the Ask the Expert just for sending a question in. You might get a $25 card. What you do is you send your question to Terry Wicks Outdoors on Gmail, and we need your, some information like your name, phone number, and your address because we need to get you the card if you win. Get us that information. And if we choose to answer your question on the air, you get 25 bucks just for sending it in, and you get a chance to get some of these experts to come on and answer your question, help you with what you're doing. And it also helps us with programming. As I said before, uh, a lot of times we'll get a number of questions on a similar topic. Obviously, we can't answer everyone on the air as a Ask the expert, but we can address programming because the main reason you should send these in is because you want the information and whether it's hunting, fishing, camping, outdoor cooking, whatever it is, clothing, optics, send in your questions. We love a variety. And if we answer it on the air, you get a um, $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse. And the best way right now is go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We just reposted the instructions for sending in your ask the expert question. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish. The Honey Smoked Fish Company's smoked salmon is just incredibly delicious. The secret is in the fire. Let's go right to the phones now. We're going to change things up, have kind of an interesting topic. We're going to talk about some... uh, animals that live in Colorado that probably a lot of you don't even know about. And joining us uh, to discuss it is the species conservation manager from the Montrose area, Amy Seglin. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. Is it as beautiful over in your part of the state as it is here right now? It is gorgeous here.
2: It's nice, but it's a tad bit windy. So, But the sun's shining and it's warm.
0: Now, you want to talk to us about some uh, animals that... um, I knew that one of them, well, there's several actually, but I knew one of them existed in Colorado, but I've actually never seen these animals in Colorado. I didn't even know we had the other one in Colorado. And I, um, I've seen all, all of these types of critters as I've traveled like up in the Arctic and up in Alaska and Northern Canada, or at least spe- subspecies of these. But you want to talk about Arctic-type animals that live above the tree line. Tell me about the kind of critters we have up there.
2: So in Colorado, I think we're extremely lucky because we have a lot of alpine habitat, which is habitat in the state about over 11,500 feet. And that's where the trees stop growing and you get that kind of tundra look where there's just grasses and rocks and forbs. And up there we have um, white-tailed ptarmigan, which is a bird species. It's a grouse. It's our smallest grouse. It weighs about 350 grams. And it's the bird that we that most people are familiar with in winter that turns totally white. So it melds into, so you have a hard time seeing it because it melds into the background with the snow and it just has a black bill. But in the summer, it molts and becomes kind of a, a brownish color. So then it also can meld into the background in the summer because it likes to live in the, the boulders and the talus rock areas. And it pretty much lives above tree line most of the year. We have a good snowstorm or the snow gets too deep, it'll move down a little bit, but we rarely find them below about 10,000 feet.
0: I was going to say, they really have adapted. And before we move on to some of the other critters, there is hunting opportunities available for the ptarmigan, right?
2: Yes, but we have fall hunting for the ptarmigan, and um, we have some sites that are pretty popular with hunters, because the hard thing about hunting ptarmigan is that um, you have to do a lot of hiking and a lot of high elevation hiking, so you have to be in pretty good shape if you're going to have to go out and try and hunt that species.
0: Yeah, right, you're absolutely right. But it's supposed to be hunting, not just harvesting, right? It's supposed to have to work. That makes the reward better. Tell me about some of the other animals.
2: Um, some of the other animals that live in the alpine are pika, which a lot of people are familiar with. They make the... The calls and the talus rocks that are up there, um, they're related to rabbits and they're they're really cute little critters. And then we also have a bird that's pretty much endemic, meaning it only occurs in Colorado and that is the brown-capped rosy finch. And like ptarmigan, they nest really high in the alpine and they rarely move to lower elevations unless some snow storm pushes them down for a day or two so they can feed and then they move right back up into the alpine habitat.
0: Now, when you and I talked earlier in the week, you had to correct me because I've seen pika, but I thought the pica were a rodent, but they actually are a member of the rabbit family. When you look at them, they're kind of a unique looking little critter, aren't they?
2: Yeah, and they and you kind of don't think they're related to rabbits because they're missing that little you know cotton tail that rabbits have. But if you look at their back legs, they they look a little rabbit
0: like. And the um what about wildlife watching opportunities? If you're hiking in the high country, is there good opportunities to view these animals?
2: Yes, I mean both, most of them are pretty easy to see if you know what you're looking for. For ptarmigan, um, they're pretty hard to find because like I mentioned before, they, they molt so that they can meld into their background, so they're very cryptic. So probably a lot of people have been hiking and walked right by a ptarmigan because they're pretty hard to see unless you know what you're looking for, and we actually to detect them, they make a distinctive call during the breeding season. They defend territories, so we actually use playbacks to get them to respond to us so that we can find them easier than just trying to hike around and, and see them. Well, you
0: so know, one no, you know, one of the great things about colorado parks and wildlife too is not only do you provide hunting and fishing opportunities but you manage all the species in colorado and wildlife watching is just a tremendous uh activity in colorado that it's one of the most popular things now you're involved in some programs right now i think the ptarmigan in particular you're involved in some studies tell me about those
2: Yes, we kind of um, started working on the tarm again because it was petitioned to be listed on the of threatened and endangered under the Endangered Species Act, mainly due to threats um, to the, the changes in the alpine due to climate change. And so what we do is we go out and we assess how the population is doing so that we can respond to that petition and we can provide good information on whether this species needs to be listed or not. So we've basically gone out and looked to see if the distribution of the ptarmigan has changed. And also we've been marking them so that we can count them and so we know what we can estimate populations. And then we've also put radio colors on so that we can evaluate, you know, what the potential is for what some of the threats may be to the species and so that we can provide all this information to the fish and wildlife with regard to listing.
0: Now what were the results of the ptarmigan study in Colorado? Do we have a robust population? Are they threatened? Um,
2: So what we've found is distribution has not changed across the state. We find them in all the alpine areas that we've looked at across the state and the numbers seem similar to what was um, evaluated in the late 60s, early 70s. So it appears that our populations are doing well and they haven't changed in the last 30, 40 years.
0: And is that due just because we have such a um, uh, tremendous amount of alpine territory here, or is it just that at those elevations we haven't seen much of a climate change, or is it a combination?
2: Um, I think, one, we do have a lot of alpine habitat in um and so there's a lot of connectivity. We've also done some genetic work, and we find that there is a lot of movement between population areas within the state. So there isn't this isolation of the populations. So that's really a positive thing. And the other thing that we're, I think, that we've seen in Colorado that we haven't seen in other areas where white-tailed ptarmigan, ptarmigan exists is we get this great monsoonal moisture every afternoon in the alpine. So we aren't getting this really warm. Um, temperatures, which can impact them, and then we have this continual moisture so that we provide really adequate habitat in the alpine for the species at this point in time. So we haven't seen really large impacts due to climate change. But the other part of our project is to to develop a monitoring program so that we can continue to monitor the species through time in case we do see some changes in the alpine in the future.
0: Now, would you expect that this... um translates into the pica and the finch also that because of the terrain and the climate that they should they're in relatively good shape
2: yes and so we do we did um, a lot of research on pica it was actually petitioned to be listed as well and they found that that wasn't warranted for listing and we did find the same thing with pica that there was good connectivity between the populations and we had a lot of good habitat for the species so what we do with pika now, again, is do this long-term monitoring of pika um, every several years to make sure that we're maintaining populations. And the brown cap rosy finch, um, we actually are just starting to initiate studies this year, so that'll help inform what's going on with that
0: species as well. Now, people should get out and enjoy these. If you're going to be hiking in the high country, this offers an incredible opportunity to see some really interesting animals that... A lot of people don't see unless they go up to the Arctic areas. Uh, So we're very fortunate. But I know you have one request, and that's that people who are up there, please don't take dogs off of leashes.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I've seen some incidents um, where dogs have harassed the birds, especially when there's chicks because the chicks are just follow mom around and they're pretty susceptible until they can fly it usually takes them 10 to 10 days to 14 days before they can fly really well and get away from predators. And so if you are with your dog, at least keep them under voice control control, don't let them wander away from you so that you can keep an eye on them because all these species you know can be susceptible to dogs running around and unattended by their owner.
0: Well, uh Amy, I want to thank you for joining us. We're out of time, but very interesting. I like it when we talk about maybe some of the opportunities in Colorado that don't get covered as much. So so thank you very much for joining us today.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: That's uh, that's uh, Amy from, uh, she's a species conservationist from uh, Montrose. And that's kind of interesting to talk about some of those things once in a while. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going to go right back to the phones now. And joining us from Cheyenne Mountain, um, Cheyenne Mountain State Park is Mary Beth Etheridge. Good morning, Mary Beth. Good morning. And is it beautiful in Cheyenne Mountain? I'll bet it is today. The sun is shining. Oh, it
3: is beautiful out here today.
0: Well, that's such a beautiful park. In fact, I know we have an... uh, activity coming up you want to tell people about, but let's remind them what's there at Cheyenne Mountain State Park. Kind of describe the park and tell us where it's located.
3: Well, we are located um, just south of Colorado Springs. Um, We're located just across the street from Fort Carson, um, out off of Highway uh, 115, and we have a beautiful location here right at the base of Cheyenne Mountain, and we have 21 miles of hiking and biking trails, We have 18 name trails, um, and um, we also have camping. Uh, We have 51 full-service sites and 10 tent sites, Um, and those are all uh, just really great um, sites that you can camp at. Um, We have 41 day-use picnic sites, so uh, if you want to just come out for the day and bring a lunch, um, we have that. And um, we also have an archery range. Um, We have both a static and a 3D range.
0: And... The terrain you cover at the park, you really cover a diversity of terrain and altitude, don't you?
3: Um, we do. Um, as far as our terrain, um, we do have grasslands, we have shrublands, and then you get up into the montane forest as well.
0: And I, I from my understanding, and I haven't spent nearly enough time at the park, I've been there, but um, the wildlife watching is phenomenal.
3: Yeah. Um, we actually had um, yesterday afternoon, uh, we had two bobcat sightings. Um, so that was kind of exciting. And we do have a lot of wildlife here. Um, we have deer and prairie dogs. We have uh, mountain lions, bobcats. We do have black bear. Um, we have a lot of birds. Um, so if you're a birder, come on out and check out what we have, um, here in the park.
0: Now on your picnic areas, do you get group picnic areas too, where people can do like family reunions and things?
3: we do we have um, we have a phenomenal um, picnic area um, that's available year round um, I believe you can set up to 200 people there and we also have an outdoor amphitheater um, as well
0: now you have an event coming up here next weekend I believe is that right
3: that's right May 20th um, we have our um, kids to park stay it's a it's a national event and we'll be hosting um, that event here from 10 o'clock to two o'clock
0: and that coincides with a national co- uh, uh, public Land Day, is that right?
3: Well, it coincides with Colorado Public Lands Day, and Colorado is the only state, um, I believe, so far to actually have their own Public Lands Day. So, yes, it coincides with that.
0: Well, you know, anybody who's followed the show, they would know that I'm virtually evangelistic about getting people in the outdoors, especially youth. But getting people outdoors, I think it brings so much to our value system, our culture. And there's no better way to bond with friends and relatives and create those memories. It's just unparalleled. So tell me what's going to be going on if we're coming out as an adult or with our kids or whatever to Cheyenne Mountain on next Saturday. What are the times and what's going on?
3: So we're going to be um, at our Lime Kiln um, Trailhead, which is our main trailhead from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock, and there will be opportunities um, for adults and children to learn how to um, to do archery, so to shoot a bow and arrow. Um, we will also have a fishing game, so if you want to learn how to fish, we don't have fishing in the park, but um, we are going to have fishing poles and um, a little game that you can play to learn how to fish. We'll have a bird discovery hike at 11.45. We'll have a mystery hike at 10.30 and another one at 1 o'clock. And we'll also have our fire truck out. Um, And one of the rangers will be at the fire truck to let the kids kind of discover um, how how to spray that hose and, and what all might be involved with fighting a fire here in the park.
0: Now, I want to talk a little bit about the bird hike. You okay. actually you actually set that up if I'm if I'm right, you know, cuz the birds don't always cooperate. People That's can come right. out and look for birds, but to make sure that you see birds and learn to identify them, you actually put laminated pictures of birds up in spots, is that right?
3: That's correct. And then we have binoculars and we have bird ID books and we have um one of our one of our um volunteers, Barry Cooper will be leading that hike and um he will help adults and children to to look for where those birds might be. Um, what they might sound like, and how to identify them um, using a bird ID book.
0: So this would be a great way to get started because instead of getting frustrated and only seeing a few birds and not identifying them, you can really get that learning curve because you're going to get to understand what you're looking for and what these birds would look like. And then when you do start looking for them in the wild, you're going to be so much better prepared.
3: Yep, that's that's correct. And we have bird hikes um, every Tuesday from now until the middle of June. So there's other opportunities to come out and kind of learn um, that skill if, if you're interested in that.
0: And then the mystery hikes, you tell me, they usually involve solving some kind of a riddle or something?
3: Yeah, so we have clues set up out on one of the trails, and somebody will take a group out, and at each place where there's a clue we'll stop and we'll talk about um what what the clue is or what the information is at that station and then when we get to the end um it might be solving a riddle or some kind of a puzzle Um, but they're usually really fun and um we'll have two of those on that day
0: it sounds like there's just going to be a a number of activities for kids (laughs) and adults and i would assume other than your park entrance there's probably no charge is that right
3: there is no charge um you can come on out there, The day pass is $7. You can get an annual pass for 70. It's definitely worth it. We have a lot of wonderful state parks. Um, and I think that it's a really good value, um, and families should probably take advantage of that if they can, um, and visit as many of these parks as possible.
0: Right. And then this activity is next Saturday and it's from 10 to two. Is that right?
3: It's from 10 to two.
0: All right. And I'm sure there's information on the website if people would go there. Or Facebook, is, which is better? To, Facebook, yeah, or the-
3: you, um, you can go to our Facebook page or you can go to um, just our regular website. Um, if you just Google um, Cheyenne Mountain State Park, we always have our events um, listed on our home page. And so you can go there and find out information or you can call our visitor center if you have questions.
0: All right. Well, um, I just want to thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully lots of people will get out and take advantage of this, Mary Beth.
3: Well, we hope so. Thank you for having me on.
0: You bet, that's Mary Beth from Cheyenne Mountain State Park. Great activity. Speaking of Facebook, don't forget to follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. You know, you get information on our Ask the Expert. You get information on my column on the Denver Post. You get information on upcoming events on this show, like the fact that the director of Parks and Wildlife is gonna be on join us during next hour. You'll get uh, information on how to win things make sure you follow and like Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and you'll have a lot of chances to interact with the show and to win prizes. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. You know, you shouldn't play the Eagles when Mark Kite is waiting online, because as much as I like Mark, I really love the Eagles. And now i got to listen a little bit. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part... He's not on yet? Okay. All right. So I think we lost Mark already. So we'll, we're, we're, we're efforting to get him. Anyway, we're waiting for Mark kite from, uh, from sun Honda to join us and they have an event coming up. You heard me talking about sun, uh, power sports on, the on the, uh, sun power sports on the, uh, on the commercial in this last segment. And the reason we're doing that is they have a huge open house coming up. They uh, it's today, in fact. They're gonna have barbecue going on out there. They're gonna have special deals on all the motorcycles and accessories. Um, it's just a great event. If you've never gone to one of these open house or events that Sun puts on, you heard me. Just stop by. I mean, they're gonna, you're gonna get to see everything all the major brands in the motorcycle and ATV world, and now they carry um, Ski-Doo, Watercraft also. So there's just a ton of things going on out there. And free food. I mean, just stop by and get some barbecue. Usually they have burgers or brats or some kind of barbecue out there, and it's fantastic. There's typically live music live music playing, and I guess we have, Mark. You know, Mark, I was busy trying to describe this event you got coming on today, and I couldn't even remember everything that's going on.
4: (laughs) How you doing, Terry? Sorry about that, buddy. We are wide open over here today. But, uh, yeah, no, it's our spring open house, so biggest sale of the year, live music, free food, It's just a super good time today. So, yeah, we're already super busy.
0: And while you're there, you wouldn't want to look at any ATVs or motorcycles or watercraft, would you?
4: Right, exactly. Motorcycle, ATV, watercraft, side-by-sides. Yeah, it's all going down today, that's for sure.
0: Tell people, before we tell them more about the event, tell them some of the brands you carry.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we do Honda, Kawasaki, uh, KTM, Polaris. Uh, we just took on Can-Am, Sea-Doo and Spider, which has really been a great thing for us. And, uh, we also have a Harley Davidson dealership.
0: And there's just always, I mean, I think, aren't you by far the largest ATV and motorcycle dealer in the state?
4: We are by far the largest motorcycle and ATV dealer in the state. Absolutely.
0: And that's partly because of the deals you're buying power because of how large you are. And the way that you, well, the way you treat your customers, you guys, gosh, you go back to, I think originally you were partners on the show back to the early 2000s. You were both the television and the radio. You've been involved with my outdoor activities for so long. And the, the thing I think a lot of people don't understand is you and Ron and a lot of the guys there are outdoor enthusiasts too.
4: Yeah, we are. You know, we, we all, uh you know, grew up hunting and fishing and, and, you know, riding and racing motorcycles. And uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you know, I think it's one thing for sure that separates our dealership, you know, which it's a dealership full of enthusiasts. And so, We can talk the talk and, you know, we ride. And so, you know, we just have that common bond with our customers for sure.
0: Now, if you guys want to see some of the ATVs in action on the ice, ice fishing, the guys from Sun joined me and Bernie Keefe out on an ice fishing trip a few years ago. And that's on my YouTube channel. If you go to the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, you can see these guys. And you guys don't get competitive all or anything, do you?
4: No, not at all. We're not competitive guys at all.
0: (laughs) If you could have heard the banter, just great. You're great people. That's why it's fun to have you. So tell me again about this event. It's going on today. What are the times?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we started first thing this morning. It'll go till 5 o'clock today. It's our spring open house. Uh, We've got a dice roll game for a chance to win a Can-Am Maverick XDS, which is, you know, their new hottest side-by-side or a brand-new Harley-Davidson, or $25,000 in cash. So we've got that going on. Huge sale, free food, free drinks, it's just a great time. I mean, we're already super busy and just having a really good time out here. Beautiful weather. You couldn't ask for a better day.
0: What kind of barbecue? What kind of food you got if I come up? Well, out.
4: we've got burgers and brats and all kinds of stuff out there. I think the our hog chapter, our Thornton hog chapter, is doing some cooking for us today, which those guys are great, great people as well. And so we're, we're glad to have them, and uh, they're here helping us put the event on today.
0: Well, and I suppose I'm not eligible for the dice game to win the 25000 or the ATV.
4: Absolutely, Terry. You're eligible, buddy. Get down here and roll those dice <laughs>
0: <laughs> I it probably wouldn't look good if I came down and won, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but have- I I may stop by. We just love coming by. You guys, it's always so much fun. There's what you got music going on, but you know the biggest reason to come, Mark, is just to meet you guys. But to see the selection you have, it's unbelievable.
4: Yeah, the selection's phenomenal for sure. We've got about oh, oh seventeen hundred units in stock right now. You know, so uh, yeah, the selection's just absolutely incredible. Every color, every brand, uh, it's awesome for sure.
0: And then you also have, do you still have that big area out back where you sometimes set up a track and things?
4: Yeah, definitely. You know, we still have our upper lot there, you know, and so you can test right here. We're one of the dealerships that uh, we encourage, you know, test rides. We want you to, you know, try before you buy and make sure it's what uh, what you think it is before you buy it and that you're a happy customer.
0: You know, years ago, you had a competition on that course, and um, I per- Participated in the celebrity event and I got the highest score.
4: You did. You won the event. No, I
0: didn't win because it was lowest score wins, but oh, I did have the score, highest that's score.
4: That's right. That's exactly right. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think uh, Steve Reed from the Rockies competed in it as well. Bernie Keefe. Just, yep. Yeah, just some good guys. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I always tell people, I usually don't throw in the part that a lowest score won. But exactly. I had the highest score, but <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but I had a great time. Tell them how they find you, Mark, where yeah, you're located. Absolutely. So
4: you can uh, find us, I-25 to the 84th Avenue exit today, east two blocks to Pearl Street, and then come up Pearl. We're about 89th and Pearl. Take up a full city block, or you can reach us online at www.sunent.com. Um, we'd love to see you come out today.
0: All right. Thanks, Mark, and hopefully we'll see you a little later.
4: Hey, thank you guys so much. Have a great day.
0: You bet. That's Mark Kite from Sun... Uh, Sun Power Sports he's just uh, tremendous people out there him and Ron you know I, I if you really enjoy the programming we bring you on this show you know we try to get you in the outdoors and we try to focus on getting you out fishing hunting camping, hiking, just enjoying the outdoors and the reason we can do that is because of the great partners we have like Sun. And, you know, that's what makes it possible to bring you guys like Nate Zelinsky and Chad Lachance and Ronnie Casalioni and Brad Peterson and Bernie Keefe, all of the guys we bring on this show, the experts we bring from Sportsman's Warehouse. It's all, it's all made possible by our sponsors. So, you know, if you're near one of our sponsors, even if you're really not looking, if you got a few minutes, run into a a Toppers, run into Sportsman's, run into Sun and just say, hey, I'm really, thank you for sponsoring that show. We just love the programming. It goes a long way to keeping us here and keeping you informed on the outdoors. Speaking of staying informed on the outdoors, I want to remind you again that our Ask the Expert segment is back. And what we do in this is you uh, send your question in. You send it to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Gmail. Now there is full instructions on our Facebook page Uh, Terry Wicks from Outdoors on Facebook. We just reposted it so it's at the top of the page. Um, We send your question in. It can be hunting, fishing, camping. It can be outdoor cooking, clothing. It can be snowshoeing. It can be anything you want it to be outdoors. And if we choose to answer your question on the air... You get a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse just for sending it in. And you can use that at any of their locations. There's six locations in the area plus one more coming soon. So there's surely one near you. And $25 to get outdoor gear just to get your question answered. But you got to get the questions in. We want more questions. It also helps us with programming. It helps us gives us an ear to the public that's listening and tells us, well, we're getting a ton of questions on walleye fishing. We better do more segments on walleye, or we're getting a ton of questions on sighting in your rifle. We better cover that two or three times. We can't answer every question on the air, but we can address the issues you bring up. Speaking of issues, later on in the second hour, we are going to be joined by um, Bob Brochide, the director of Colorado Parks and Wildlife. He is going to join us. And we're going to talk about the fact that the funding bill to get the money for parks and wildlife to fund future operations was uh, postponed a in committee virtually killed by three legislators on that committee. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means for Colorado parks and wildlife and where they go from here, what programs might be in jeopardy and how they're going to approach trying to find more funding. All right. In fact, I may call out, I, I, Calls into all the senators on that committee. Only got a response from one. I give, and they all were going to get back. None did, except the one. And uh, we'll talk about who that was and how gracious they were during the segments with Bob. I also may cover that in my Denver Post column this week. We'll see. That's what I'm leaning towards. If you don't know, I write a column for the Denver Post every week. And again, go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook because if you follow and like Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, you're going to get a post. Every time the uh, my column comes out in a Denver Post with a link, you would have seen the you would have seen the post that Bob Broshai is going to be on today's show to talk about these issues. Um, we'll do a lot of follow up with podcasts. We think that people will really have an interest in. We'll put those on our Facebook page. We have a lot of contests we run off the Facebook page. Really keeps you in tune with this show. So go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Follow us and like us, and then listen to us every every Saturday. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, the largest ATV dealer and motorcycle dealer in Colorado.